the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones this hour as we talk about your life and your money. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, career expert, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of the Ken Coleman Show. He's my co-host today. The phone number's Open phones at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day comes from Neighborly, your hub for home services. Here at Ramsey, we believe in making home ownership a blessing, not a burden. So we recommend Neighborly's nationwide network of service professionals to help repair, maintain, and improve your home. Find the help you need at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Jeff in Florida. I got a new job recently, and I have a boss from hell. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get fired soon. The problem is I enjoy the work, and I get paid well. I tried looking for other jobs similar to this, but there's none in my area. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells at work, like I know it's a matter of time before I get fired. I paused baby step two to start saving in case I get fired. I now have $2,200 saved up. I figure we can live on one income if we sell our cars and take our kid out of daycare. Should I start, one, looking for a new job, two, yes. downgrade everything except childcare to prepare for the worst-case scenario? If I downgrade and get a job, I'll have that extra income to pay off debt, which is a substantial amount. So, yeah, I should be looking for a job right away uh, and taking maybe one or two extra jobs while looking. If you really feel like the shoe is about to drop and you could get fired at any moment— you just want to be stacking cash, which means making some extra cash right now. If it were this bad, the way you're describing it, um, I would be working extra, saving extra, pausing some things. Sure. But let's move quickly um, because you know what the work is. I'm not going to accept the reality just automatically that I've tried looking for jobs similar to this, but there's none in my area. You were looking for one when you found that one. Yeah. I just never want to accept that. That's just that's a bull crap. Okay. You know, there's no houses for rent in this area. Of course, there's houses for rent in your area. You just don't like them. You know, so yeah, you need to look for another position immediately. And I, you know, I'm going to throw in one other thing. I, I do not, I cannot tell this from this email, but I, I Jeff, I want you to ask yourself, are you whining? Is your boss really the boss from hell, or are you the lame employee from hell? Hmm. You just got the job. You walk in the door, and they ask you to do some work, and you don't like that. Are you whining? It might not be true. Yeah. But I would want to ask myself that question. Well, you actually make it. Why is point. it that you're so freaking useless that even the boss from hell is going to fire you quickly. <laughs> well, let me throw another scenario that could be out there, too. This could be a boss who maybe not the boss from hell, but it's got a lot of crap going on in their own life, personal life. Maybe they're stressed out of their mind. And this boss isn't talking to you with the sweetest, kindest of demeanors and voice. And maybe he's a little grumpy. And, and maybe you're not going to get fired at all. Maybe they got some rough stuff going on in their life, and you think because of the way they're treating you, you're going to get fired. Yeah, like, are you whining? That's what I'm asking. That's right. But what's the cause of them thinking that the boss is from hell? Maybe they're just having a bad day or a couple bad days, and yeah. you're not going to get fired. Everybody that disagrees with you is not a narcissist. Yeah, it's interesting. You know? 
everybody that you don't like the, the way they said something does not is not a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. And people telling you to do your job is not a toxic work environment. That's like you buckle up, Buttercup. You know. So I don't know if that's what's going on or not. Yeah, could but be. Sometimes that stuff comes up. It doesn't come up here. We don't run into it much because you don't even make it through the interview process if you're going to be that wimpy here. Because we get crap done and we don't pull any punches. We just I could be the boss from hell because I like believe you ought to work and stuff because you got to outwork me and I'm 63 years old and been doing this 40 years. So keep up, kiddo. You know, buckle in. So this is what we're doing. I mean, if you're not going to do that, you're not going to like me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeff, I don't know that that's you. But if you're ever facing this, I'm increasingly hearing, and Ken is too, in the career space, that every environment that is that feels momentarily unpleasant like i'm going to get a callus is a toxic work environment yes yeah. and that's just the the it's wussification not. of america that's right you're just being a wuss you know suck it up and, and you know dig you know get the shovel dig the hole man yeah i mean if that's really what's going on, i don't know if that's what's going on so jeff ask yourself are, are you whining are you being a wuss is it really that bad are you exaggerating and melodramaticing this? I mean, you just took the job. How could you mess up the interview that bad? Yeah, well, let me here's here's another clue in this. I enjoy the work, he says, and I get paid well. People don't enjoy doing stuff they suck at. So he's either delusional, and I don't think he is, or I think this is an emotional situation. He doesn't like the way he's being talked to and treated, and I get that, whether he's whining or not. But the issues don't think that the boss is going to fire you just because they're not talking to you with roses and, you know, and and treats and, you know, that's the issue. People quit too soon in these days because they want to be coddled. That's what I'm saying. You can't get coddled at the workplace. That's what I'm saying. And and it's not, not, you know, I do not expect anyone to stay in a real situation toxic work environment but asking someone to work yeah. and correcting them if they don't do the work properly is not a toxic work environment that's called training yeah okay <laughs> i you know i think back to my favorite coach all time benny polk high school basketball if you would have watched those practices from outside the gym doors and just watched his demeanor you would have thought he was verbally abusing us he, he wasn't was. He was co- well in today's world. He was, but he was just coaching us, and and I think there's a difference between verbal abuse, bullying, and all the stuff we hear about, and then just good old fashioned tough nosed leadership. Sometimes it's not all roses and pom poms. Well, I mean, you know, you, so Jeff, I am not accusing you of that. I am suggesting though that just reading through the email and the way this is put together, that you know maybe you need to analyze is how much of this is you um if it's not you and it's truly just a a guy that's being a twerp and he's a jerk and he's yelling and screaming or something i wouldn't ask you to work there we don't yell and scream at ramsey we don't cuss at our team we don't do that we don't abuse we're not the bosses from hell but i have been accused of being that just because i told somebody get up off their butt and get their stuff done okay and if you don't like that you don't need to work around here because we get stuff done you know we leave the cave, kill something, and drag it home pretty regular. And when you kill something, usually there's blood. So get ready. You know, I mean, there's there's crap going on here. All right? So this is what's going on. And, and 
So you got to decide if that's, you know, that that's a part of the equation here. Like I, I've been fired from jobs too. And, you know, one time I got fired is a hundred percent my fault. It took me a little while to realize that when I went broke is a hundred percent my fault. You know who got me broke? The idiot in my mirror. And one of the best things I did in my life is discovered that he was the problem. This is the Ramsey show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The Ramsey Cash Giveaway is here. You could win one of our $500 weekly prizes or the grand prize of $5,000. Enter every day to increase your chances of winning at RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway. No purchase necessary, of course. You can also get meaningful gifts for Christmas during our $12 sale. Shop our best-selling books like The Total Money Makeover, Baby Steps Millionaires, and Our Own Your Past and Own Your Past, Change Your Future. All Dr. John Deloney books, Dave Ramsey books, and so on for $12 each. The Questions for Humans conversation cards as low as $10 right now. And the popular Questions for Humans Christmas edition is back. There it is. And... We've got the New Year's edition, Christmas, New Year's. These sold out pretty quick last year. We've got a handful of them. I know we've got at least two left because I'm holding them. Yeah, these are great for uh, you know navigating the awkward moments with family you only see once or twice a year. Just keep you from discussing COVID <laughs> and politics, which are kind of the same thing. Yeah. So, hey, check it all out. Shop, shop the sale at RamseySolutions.com slash store shannon is in orlando hi shannon welcome to the ramsey show hi hi what's up thank you for having me how so can we help i am my husband and i are in hundred and thirty thousand dollars of debt um we have a about a hundred and twenty thousand dollar income um i opened a business and right now it's not going very well um I'm working a full-time job aside from the business. My husband is working um, two jobs, and um, we're just trying to figure out what we need to do here. Should we let go of the failing business? Should we? We started reading your financial piece, and we're trying to start the baby steps. Right now, we have no savings. I put everything into this business. Um, the $130,000 in debt, is that on the business? No, that's that's between us. Um, the business is debt free because mm -hmm. um, I I paid everything cash. Long story short, sold a house that was given to me, and we moved to a different um, 
place. What kind of business did you open? I opened a medical a uniform store. There wasn't one in where we live, and there's a lot of medical places here. Um, I'm a nurse, and I didn't like to have to drive 35 miles to get someplace for a uniform. So um, I did a survey, found out that other people felt the same, and I opened up a store. So why did they um, not come? I've done everything I can for marketing, um, everything I can within my budget, and I've blown my budget, and now I don't know what to do because as some people say it's the season, most people are focused on their children, not themselves. Either way, it doesn't matter because I'm sinking. Hmm. So you have a physical location that you've rented. Correct. And you have how much in inventory? I have about $40,000 in inventory. Okay. So what is sinking? What, where are your co- what costs do you have? So um, monthly for um, the business is $2,800. That's the rent. That's the, the utilities. And um, that is, um, well, I'm, actually it does have debt. I am um, leased the, um, I am um, leased the embroidery machine. The embroidery machine. Okay. Yes. How much is the monthly payment on the embroidery machine? $700. Okay. You make 120000 not counting this business, right? Correct. Okay. Have you, did, how long a lease did you sign on the property, on the, on the location? One year. And how long, when is that up? That is up in June. In so July. you've only had this open for six months. Correct. And I haven't even made $2,000 from sales yet. Okay. So you have no traffic, no foot traffic at all? A few few people a week. Mm-hmm. How many hours are you working at your day job? I'm, I'm a nurse. I do um, three 12s one week, four mm-hmm. 12s the other week. I work night. And then I um, come into the shop from 11 to 6. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to close the shop, and you need to sell this out of your car. You need to start setting appointments with doctors and nurses to meet them at the hospital or at their medical and go take the stuff to them, sell it to them, go back home and embroider it, and bring it back the next day. You need to, you need to be a clothing specialist out of your car. You're a food truck now mm-hmm. and talk to your landlord about what you can pay them to get out of the lease. Okay. Because your problem is your business model. You're sitting, you, you, you did a field of dreams here, build it and they will come. That always fails. No one just looks up suddenly six months, two months, 60 days after you open your doors and goes, oh, I'm going to rush over there and buy $2,000 worth of uniforms. It just doesn't happen. So what you would have had to build here would have taken a long time for people to know where you are and then start coming. And whatever marketing you did was an abject failure. So what you've got to do is get in front of people's faces, go knock on their door, call them, talk to nurses, talk to doctors that you know, and that you know that you, and 22 people that know somebody that you know, mm-hmm. and spread the word that you will come to their office, fit them, 
embroider it and bring it back the next day and do a cash transaction and you get rid of $40,000 worth of inventory. And then you decide if you want to keep doing it or not, but at least you can get your inventory sold that way and stop the bleeding by doing a negotiation with the landlord and get out of the lease. Sitting there and waiting on this to bleed out is not a good idea. That's what you already know. That's what you said. I'm just saying it more graphically. Correct. Okay. You're all, you've already realized what I'm doing is not working. Something has to change. And if I just sit here, it's just going to bleed me to death. Right. Hmm? You're okay. The biggest thing you are right now is scared. Yes. Yeah. And a little bit ashamed. So, Shannon, just practically, where are people buying their uniforms? All these people in all these medical facilities in your area, where are they buying them? Online? No, they're going to a town about 40 miles away, 35 miles away. Why are they driving past you? Uh, Because that's where they've been going for the past few years when there wasn't a place here to go. Yeah, but now there's a place to go. Why are they driving past you? They don't even know you're there is why. Yeah. yeah. They don't know you're there. Shannon, what Dave gave you, it sounds like a lot of hustle, but it's actually really practical. You've got to start talking to nurses. How many nurses do you know? And you just start telling them. I've, been, I've, I've gone to every nursing home. I've gone to every hospital. I've gone to every place that used medical scrubs personally myself for three days. I walked every place in my county and gave out flyers, spoke to people. Did you show them the uniform? Um, Did you have the fabric in your hands, actual uniforms? No, no, no. What I did was tell them the brands that I carry because we're pretty familiar with these brands, um, the nurses and the medical And all of that created zero sales. So far, yeah. When did you do that? I did that a week before I opened. Something's wrong, okay? Yeah. There's something missing in the story that you're not seeing because you're not able to tell us what it is. There's a gaping hole in this story. Okay, so here's the thing. When we open a business, we pour our heart and soul into it. It's very emotional. And the idea of failure starts looming over us. It can shut down our thinking. And I, I, I got a real sense you're paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's a sense of deer in the headlights here. Okay, and that's a normal reaction. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're bad. You actually are pretty cool. You're pretty smart. But you missed something in this. So somehow... I'm going to get out of this lease. I'm putting this uniforms in my basement. I'm either going to burn them in the backyard or I'm going to go find a way to sell them online or out of the back of my car or one of the two and at least try to get my money back. And if I can discover a business model while doing that, maybe we've got something to continue. But you're not bankrupt. You're just scared and a little bit ashamed that you made a mistake. If I quit every time I made a mistake around here, we'd have been closed up a long time ago. Hey, Ken. Yes. Did you hear that Mint, (laughs) the budgeting app, is closing? They shuttered it, Dave. Shut it down. The end of the year, it's gone. Gone. Poof. Smoke. Done. Nada. Nothing. Yes. If you got a budget on Mint, what I'm telling you is the end of the year, you're screwed. Mm. You're done. They're trying to move you over to Credit Karma. That but it doesn't strategic. have budgeting function, right. so it's kind of stupid. Right. 
But uh, okay, go ahead and do that if you want. But uh, so here's the deal. What's happened is, is hundreds of thousands of people, as a result, have automatically moved their budgeting stuff over to our Every Dollar app, which is one of the best world's best budgeting apps and already was. And uh, we're not going to try to sell you a bunch of credit cards, which is what Mint was doing. And it, they quit their effectiveness on converting you into credit went away, so they quit doing it. Um, so Every Dollar is there. It's a world-class budgeting app. It helps you manage your money the Ramsey way. It works wherever you are iOS, Android, online, it's free. And immediately you see where you stand with your money. You get organized, you personalize. It's a lot more usable and user friendly than Mint was anyway, but you don't even have Mint as an option now. So there you go. I, I can't say I'm sad. I'm no, not sad. No. I'm happy to have a bunch of new customers, and I'm happy for you customers because you're going to have so much better experience. And we're not going anywhere. We're not trying to sell a bunch of stuff. We're just trying to get you in every dollar. I mean, we're not trying to get you on a credit card debt. We're not trying to get you in a rocket mortgage or whatever else. We're not trying to do any of that. So we'll proactively coach you on how to become wealthy and reach your goals. Download the free app on iOS or Android or go to everydollar.com and get started right now. Spread the word. We're here to help. Whether you were meant or not, we're here and we can help you. You want to get control of your freaking money? This budget app will do it for you. Yep. It's called Every Dollar. You'll know where every dollar is going. Derek's in Dallas. Hi, Derek. What's up? Yes, sir. <clears throat> so my wife has a question. Um, where is she? We, we've taken. Uh, she's at work right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, she. We we took FPU. We've got everything listed out from smallest to largest. We've knocked out some debt already with, with the bonus that I got. She gets a 10-year bonus in January. Uh, she's got seven school loans here, about 19000 worth. And her, her question is, for peace of mind, the, the credit cards are a lower balance. So theoretically, going by the program, we'd have to hit the school loans. But if, if we I'm sorry, her, you said the credit cards are a lower balance. You mean the school loans are lower balance. No, the school loans are, are larger balances, but but lower monthly payments. And if if we did it according to FPU, we we do the school loans before the credit cards. No, we did the credit no credit cards. No, first, whoa, 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 whoa! You must have flunked. Go ahead. You no, said no. you just told me the the balances on the credit cards are smaller. Uh, yes. Okay, you're supposed well, to pay yeah. off smallest to largest, not payment. Well, balance uh, just, there is there's two school loans that are larger than or smaller than the the credit card okay so, so what they're, they're, the question is if we pay off the, the larger balance on the credit card to get up to free up a larger monthly payment to go towards other things versus if i pay off two credit cards it frees up about a hundred and seventeen hundred hey derek can i be smart Alec, for a second go ahead go ahead if you had a plan, it got you where you are. Why would you yeah. question this? Why don't you just do it? We've taught 10 million people how to do this. But I, Why are you trying to be a genius so, now? I'm not. She's just wanting the, the snowball to be bigger. She's wanting the to snowball hit. to be working her way. It doesn't okay. work her way. I got gotcha. you. Pay off the smallest to the largest. 
I got you. All kinds of studies have backed up that what we're doing actually works, including 10 million people of going through Financial Peace University and getting out of debt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, mean, I agree. Okay, and I'll get past the smart aleck, and I'll calm down a second. Now, let's try a second. Let's go back at it for a second. So the do you need to be – do we need to walk through reinforcement on why we teach that? Did you not – you all didn't grasp that from Financial Peace University? No, we, we understood it. It was just a question that she wanted more reassurance. She – She's a government official, so she was out a lot of the classes, and I was the one that was oh. attending. So, uh, just because required meetings that she had to attend. So, okay, hey, Derek, so she like missed the class. Yeah, he does need reinforcement, Dave. Derek, it's okay to admit it. You need the reinforcement to be able to answer the question. No, 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 no. She needs to go through that lesson. Well, that's, that's true the too. answer. That's true because she wants a logical understanding, and because she doesn't have this knowledge base that you've got. That's okay. okay. That makes more sense than I went to class and I disagree while I'm broke. Yeah, no, we, we don't disagree. It was just no, not more, we, uh, her. Okay? Because <laughs> okay. she was the one asking the question. She's not here. But but she now I can defend her because she has an honest question about something because she doesn't know. She didn't go to that, gotcha. she didn't go to that lesson, right? Correct. Okay, cool. That's fine. I completely, I completely understand that. So let's go back then, and uh, instead of picking on her, because <laughs> um, she's not here, that's not fair. But um, we can do one of two things. All right, let's do number one. Uh, when did you take the class? Uh, it was started a few months ago. We just finished it up like three weeks ago, before th- or right after Thanksgiving. At your church or online? At church, yes. Did you get the online application as a part of the package that you guys got into? Yes, sir. Do you have access to the lesson to watch it? Uh, Yes, sir. Okay. Pull up the lesson on debt, and the two of you sit there and watch it, and don't you say a word. Let her her catch up with the knowledge base. Okay? Because here – now, that'll help. Now, but then here's what – for for your benefit at this moment and the rest of the people listening here here's what she's going to hear for the first time mm-hmm. and that is this i personally when i started this as a math nerd wanted to pay off the highest interest rate first which is mathematically correct it's only mathematically correct if you have the same probability of completion However, when you pay off the highest interest rate first or you start monkeying around with paying off balances that feel good, you don't have the same probability of completing the whole get-out-of-debt plan. And when you enter probability into the mathematics because you messed with the behavior tool, then you, 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 you lower your completion rate. And all that garbly gook to say, if you don't go get out of debt because you screw with the plan, then your plan was dumb, you know? That's what it amounts to. So what what we've proven is is that personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. It's not a math problem. If we were doing math, we wouldn't have gotten in credit card debt. It's not a math problem. It's a behavior problem. So the way you attack a behavior problem is with a behavior-based solution, not a math-based solution. That's what we started doing 30 years ago, and it's been highly successful. That's why I was leaning back in and being a smart aleck, okay? Um, But I didn't understand at the moment that I did that, that your wife hadn't even seen the lesson, so bad on me. So uh, anyway, now, 
so the way we what we know is is that if you go to the gym and you work out and you eat salads for a week and you gain four pounds you will quit even if it would work a month from now you won't keep doing it so your probability of completion is zero you have human beings have to have a sense of traction we have to have some solutions we have to have a sense of progress a feedback loop psychologists call it and we need a feedback loop that says you're winning if i go to the gym and i lose weight i'll keep going to the gym if i quit eating big macs and i lose weight i'll quit eating big macs you will keep in the loop well, if you pay off some debt, you'll pay off some debt, you'll pay off some debt. You'll stay in the feedback loop. That's why the debt snowball works. And that's why it's been more successful than any other get-out-of-debt plan in America. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Steve Maraboli says, hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know how many years that is. I've been doing it 30, and I got a couple of them. But uh, I did, I, I did have, have done that in, in, this, in this business within a couple of industries. But uh, I don't know if we overall – we definitely don't have all the haters asking if we're no. hiring. But, the, you know, it's fun about that. The principle of that is true about your show, the early journeys of your show, you know, where you just kept hustling, you kept adding stations, and then people started going, oh, yeah, I want you on. Yeah, we were talking about that in the radio business just the other day. Yeah. With a bunch of radio execs, we were laughing about the old days and naming yeah. names about this guy wouldn't even take my call, this guy was a jerk, and then later actually hired him as a consultant. Exactly. You know, two or three of them, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. But um, – yeah, we that 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 is true about that, but the uh, not publicators, but more <laughs> right. like industry haters. Right, you know? right. Publicators, doubters. Are you know. Publicators are trolls. That's right. different. Yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. But yeah, that's very interesting. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, we're so glad you're here. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Edward is in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Edward. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hey. Hi. The question I have today is, um, I'm kind of struggling with coming up with a, a plan of attack here of how to pay off my mortgage while I'm planning for retirement. Okay. Are you out of debt except your mortgage? Yes. Good. What do you make? Um, we have a household income of about 240000 Sweet. Okay. And uh, what do you owe on your house? Uh, we owe uh, 535000 How old are you? 62. Okay. Um, if you're wanting to do this tomorrow, that's a struggle. But what we teach well, is, that is true. <laughs> yeah, 15% of your income towards retirement and anything I'm else in the budget in, that you uh, want to squeeze out, throw towards the house. Yeah, we've got about... Uh, Three hundred thousand dollars of equity in the house. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently putting in well sixteen percent of my income into the four hundred one k because I'm taking advantage of the uh, the makeup payment. You know, increase to the okay of the of the limit. All right. Are you putting so anything putting else in, in retirement? In a year, and that what's that? Is that all you're putting into retirement? Uh, yes. Okay. So you're at 16%. I said 15%. Whoopee. Okay. So 
That's like 40 grand out of 250. So, okay, you got 200,000 bucks left to live on and pay down your mortgage. How much you're going to pay down your mortgage out of 200 grand? Okay, well, I got the uh the current mortgage is 2300. No, your balance interest. is what? Balance is 535. Okay. And you make 240,000. We have established you're putting 40,000 of that into retirement, which leaves you 200,000 to do everything else with. Pay some taxes, obviously. You're obviously going right. to pay the current mortgage payment, and then you should have what? 50, 60, 70,000 bucks more, 80,000 bucks more if you watch what you're doing to throw right. at the mortgage. But you're not going to be able to so, cruise on the Mediterranean 3 months of summer and do that. Right, right. I mean, there are definitely some behavior changes that I think we I need to make. Okay, so, Edward, let's put uh, a real number on when this. When do you want to have the house paid off? Well, the original goal was to have it paid off by the time I retired so that I could walk into retirement with no When payment. is that? Uh, well, it was 65. Okay, that's three years, and the uh, 500 is 150 a year. You're not going to make that. What can right. you put towards this house realistically? Any you have any year? money other than retirement saved? You have other investments? I have a few other investments. How much? Small. They're not done. I've got uh, thirty-four thousand dollars in cash mm-hmm. in, a, in an emergency fund. Um, okay. And then I've got about another uh, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand in uh, in investments. Okay. So how long have you been making two fifty? Uh, quite a few years. Okay. So you guys are spending a lot. Yeah, we're spending a lot. Yeah. Okay. So you got to decide. Okay. So it's big math. Just take 500 and divide it by the number of years you want to work. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. You know, if you divide now, it by 10 would, more would it be, years it instead of three to... more, if you divide it by 10 more years, it's 50 grand a year. If you divide it by, you know, what are we going to divide yeah, I mean, it by? I could work to 67. Okay. So that's five years. That's 100000 a year. That's doable, but that's going to be a tri- pretty dramatic cut in lifestyle because we've established you've been spending about $200,000 a year. So lifestyles get – if you right. want the house paid off in five years, you need 100000 a year, right? 500 divided by five, right? Right. Yep. So um, – and you make two We're putting forty in retirement. How much is in your 401K now? Uh, 840,000. That's good news. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and when I looked at the, the, the projection, but by the time 65, it would be, I'd be 1.2 and by yeah. the time 67 would be 1.5. Yeah. If it's, in, if it's invested in good mutual funds, it should double about every seven. I mean, 12. Right. Is, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would it be better though to stay where I am and and like you said, just eat re- eat beans and rice? And what and, house and, do you want to off? retire in? Or would it be better to, to downsize and and on a move? What house do you want to retire off? in? Right, right. You know, here, here, here's the trade off. The trade off is yeah. you're going to cut lifestyle and put a hundred thousand on this for the next five years up to 67 and you're going to cut lifestyle or you're going to move right. down 
so you don't have to cut off lifestyle, but you're going to live in a smaller house all the way through the, your retirement years. Right. That's your trade-off. Putting, what you're putting in retirement is not what's killing you. What's killing you, what's messing up your math is your spending, your your lifestyle. And that's okay, but, you know, I agree with you that you need a goal of by the time you hang up the cleats, the house is paid off. That is a real goal. That's a solid one. So 67, 69, you know, these are all things that can go back and forth. But, you know, and you're okay with retirement nest egg. Your retirement nest egg is going to be okay. But I do need to clean this stinking house mess up, and it's a trade-off on what y'all are spending, and I don't know what you're spending it on. So I think that's a discussion you and your spouse are going to have. Do we want this house into retirement, or do we want this lifestyle into retirement? That's the question. And then if you take care of that, you're going to be sitting with approximately a $2 million net worth or probably a $3 million net worth at 67, 69. You'll be able to do anything you want the rest of your life. But you've got to make some solid decisions for the next five to seven years mathematically. And it could be a move down. You may say, we like our life. I'm not touching our life. We would rather we would trade that for a smaller house. That's, a, that's an okay trade. If you want to do that, that's okay. That's what I would do. If I were in their situation, I'd go a little bit smaller. And You'd rather buy the experiences than in the house. I would. I'd rather travel, eat good food, do fun things with people that I love, and enjoy being around. That, to me, matters more than the, the sweet, awesome, huge house. Fine dining is a f- wonderful sport. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, no kidding. But, I mean, he's already a millionaire. Yeah, he's doing great on that. He's yeah. making a quarter million a year. So yeah. you're, you're, you're not a stupid guy. You're doing great work. You've done great, Edward. Congratulations. Yeah. But if you want to have – what you're asking for is a good goal. Yeah. You're, ask, you're suggesting smart goals, and I'm just trying to help you get there, and it's just a math trade-out. It's, there's always opportunity cost on this. If I do this, it means I can't do that. If I do that, it means I can't do this. So you just – whichever one, it's okay. Um, and both are probably going to entail not 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's probably the case all the way around. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus.